2: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for all your feedback uh, to, all of the, to all of you who enjoyed the football show uh, with Carl Spain yesterday. Um, if you haven't uh, listened to it and you're into football, have a listen. Carl and I are thinking about doing a few more of them. Uh, so thanks so much for the feedback. Um and we will see what happens in the future. Uh, tour announcements, Irish tour, this October and November. I am going to be touring around Ireland. My show, Son of a Preacher Man, for details, go on to www.hellostevo.com where you'll find out details for tickets. Just click on the link and you'll get tickets there. Uh, if you do have friends in Cork, Waterford, Rathoth, County Mead, uh, Mead, or, where is it? or Limerick City, where I was down yesterday. Please do tell your friends, uh, spread the word. If you get a chance, if you see something on social media that I've shared, I'd really appreciate you telling other people about it. Uh, I'd love to get as many people out as I can. And that uh, what, upcoming gigs this week. Tonight, I am going to be in In Jokes in Kilmainham and also The Landmark on Camden Street. This Friday, I'm going to be at Ashburn Comedy Club doing a, a few new jokes. And on Saturday, I'm going to be in chat. Chaplin's Comedy Club, where we will be celebrating five years of Chaplin's Comedy Club. Congratulations to Simon O'Keefe. I'm looking forward to that one to play a bit of a birthday bash down there. In today's podcast, absolutely delighted to introduce uh, some of you to the fantastic comedian that is Aiden Green. Aiden, I know through um, through gigging together. Basically, I haven't seen him that much, but we play football together and we've gigged together a few times. He is a brilliant, fantastic fella. He's one of the nicest guys going, and he's super funny guy. Um, I went to see his show in Edinburgh when I was at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival this summer, and it's a brilliant one. I can't remember (laughs) which one this is called now off the top of my head, but he will be bloody well touring about it. In this uh, chat, he talks very openly about um, how his life as a comedian growing up and how he has dealt with the issues that he has. Uh, with having a stammer and uh, it's fantastic he talks very candidly about it he's very open about it he's very funny about it and he's written loads of shows about it it's fantastic Um, I will give you all the details of his social media in the description to this podcast I also give it a plug during the podcast as well I'm sure but do give him a follow on social media he will be taking his show um, out on the road around the country and it's a brilliant show I highly recommend you go to see this guy he's absolutely fantastic please give it up ladies and gentlemen and for the fantastic Aiden Green. <laughs> hey, hey, Steve. I'm glad that we've already bonded over our love of squatty potties. Uh, when did this squ- <laughs> aiden green ladies and gentlemen is here <laughs> and the first thing he compliments is a uh, squatty potty he thought it was for my daughter but it's not no it's the way to poo man
1: well it's a very small one you have
2: oh what yeah do you mean? it's a small squat like as mine, in with
1: yeah like mine is an absolute unit like it's <laughs> see as in a lot of because like i first used them in america there was friends of ours in uh, in america and i saw them like why is there a stool under your toilet? Right. And they explained the dead, And then the I just, as soon as I got home, I yeah.
2: one. How long ago was that? Maybe two years. Yeah, it's about the uh, same, about I same time. I saw
1: it the night of the, the Super Bowl of two years ago. I right. I remember that well.
2: What were you doing in the States at that time? Uh, I
1: was living over there with my new wife.
2: I did not know
1: that. So how long did you live in the US for? I only ever lived there on like a holiday visa. So for okay. like three months... At a time. Every year or so. Right, okay. Uh, I kind of, you know, and then I'd like him, she would come over here for three months.
2: So, how? So whereabouts in the US? New Mexico, Albuquerque. No way. Yeah. Jesus. That's pretty cool. Well, just from a Breaking Bad fan point of view, oh, that's yeah. pretty fucking cool.
1: So, like, we did do a self guided Breaking Bad tour, which, and we said we would start off at Walter White's house. I mean, Gonna be we'll go to Walter White's. You can do that. Oh, you can, but it's now owned by this older couple who fucking hate the show.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but like, of they, course they do. Yeah, but
1: like they bought the house when the show was on, I think. Right. And are like just after, so they knew it was a thing. So
2: they're probably the first buyers after the show had finished, or something like that. Yeah,
1: and so first of all, I think that they, I think that they were. Sort of pissed because people kept on throwing pizzas up on the, you know, like up on the roof. Why was that, why were they doing that? Because there was a scene in the show where he throws the pizza up on the roof.
2: Who does uh, Wa- Pink Walter does?
1: Yeah, Walter. He, right. he he like flings this pizza and lands perfectly up on, up on the roof, and so people would just go and throw pizzas <laughs> up on the roof. So now what they have is. Uh, they have a giant black fence that goes around the front small lawn area. Oh,
2: really? It's, it's
1: this black, and then there's also a fence in front of the front door. And when we <laughs> went, they sat with the uh, they, they sat in the door of the garage and just stared at everyone. No we way! I have a friend, and she went, and they, and so they like walked up, and they shouted, "It's just a TV show." <laughs> <laughs> but everything else, they're right too. They're right too Yeah but like Don't buy the house Don't buy a famous that house That
2: or Yeah don't buy a famous house Or like Just you know Lighten up a bit And make some cash off it Surely You could like
1: You could literally charge People 50 dollars To of throw a pizza On the yeah. roof Have a ladder That they're <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah You could be
2: making You could be selling pizzas Out the front selling
1: pi- You could have just Microwave pizzas Microwave to pizzas
2: go. to throw And decent pizzas to eat And amazing So yeah. what kind of a place Is Albuquerque like? Is uh, it like the show? Like the no, show?
1: So, so the, the show's weird because, like, they clearly wanted to shoot the show in L.A.
2: Oh, really? And so, right. the, there's,
1: like, this, like, huge, um, there are mountains over Albuquerque called the Sandia, which means Watermelon Mountains. All right. Because uh, they get red in the evening because of the sun, nice. I think. This one's... But, um, Picturesque. So, the, these like, these, like, huge mountains over Logokan and and you can always kind of see them. Um... And the show doesn't show them until I think it was halfway through the second season of the show. They hide them almost R- constantly. Okay. And, like, where he lives in the, the show looks nowhere like anywhere else in Albuquerque. Because, you, you know, like, all of the houses... Well, a lot of the houses in Albuquerque are kind of, like, old uh, things called Adobe-style Oh, housiness. as in Adobe
2: Photoshop? <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, but, yeah, because, you, you know, like, how... So saying a lot, like... In a, just in Santa Fair, which is like an hour north. Okay. It has, or it has the oldest house in North America. And what? and and so, you know, it's an old, you know, it has kind of like, you know, of like wood and like mud and yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of done in a style. People who are listening can obviously look up the style Because I'm look very bad at Ado-
2: describing it. Adobe, me. Adobe, <laughs> Adobe, <laughs> I'm saying, I'm it's got Adobe Premiere Pro. Um, <laughs> it's stuck in my head now.
1: But yeah, no, it's, um, so yeah, I think that the show becomes slightly more proud of it as it goes along. And it okay, kind they of start to embrace the settings yeah. around it a bit more.
2: Exactly, and is
1: New Mexico is desert? Is it like around? Oh know, yeah, like all okay. around it. Yeah. It's 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 fairly high. It's over a mile high, so it's right. actually higher than the uh, higher than the Denver. Uh, so it's in you know like when I first got there, I would like walk up steps, right, and it was like like maybe two small flights of, uh, of steps up to Kelly's apartment and I would be out of breath really by the time Because it's so high okay I, I, I said like i tried to run on a uh, yeah i think the first time i ran on um on um on a a treadmill i um i was only able to run for a
2: quarter of a mile Jesus, that's I was mad. so exhausted. And so I'm you're, like, exha- you're exhausted, you're physically, you can't breathe and you're, you're just yeah. like sweating and your body's taking all the pressure. And plus, you get drunk
1: so much faster. Really? You get drunk and, and like, I'll X- be beca- so no way about this because there's like, there are bars but there are breweries ever. You pull into <laughs> a random industrialist, uh, a random, uh, a random industrialist, and there is like just the hippest brewery in the world. Jesus. And Christ. like and like you know, like all of them are like six percent, seven percent eight percent. So it's a he-
2: heavy alcohol, yeah.
1: Yeah, but I in
2: So that's nothing to do with the altitude, that's just No, it's also the altitude. Okay, okay. As well. that makes
1: you more drunk as well. <laughs> there's a there's a three drink max in all of you in all You're of joking the breweries. Me. No. A three drink max. Holy shit. And that's I, mental. And they should do that in Ireland because <laughs> we've got issues but anyway that's another podcast <laughs> but i'd love to see some out like in a in a pub on a sunday being like what down the yeah yeah
2: <laughs> down, the, down in the temple bar or something like that going three three drink mac yeah fucking joke me i'm only lubed up so, <laughs> so um that is nuts so how did you end up meeting a woman your amazing wife who uh, I say amazing because I spent time with her. We all did over the summer. What a character! Um, <laughs> she's uh, she's brilliant. She's great crack. But how did you guys end up meeting? Uh,
1: sadly, we met in Temple Bar. Oh, really? But like, it wasn't like in like real Temple Bar. Temple bar bar bar. I've, um, I had a friend who took on like an open mic for charity. Okay. And so I went. Um, and thankfully did not do any stand-up cause <laughs> I've learned my lesson from things like that before but um, chatting to trying to impress
2: a girl with stand-up no I never works but although
1: it? I did play ukulele for some of my friends to take, and she thankfully didn't see me do that <laughs> so. but uh, so she was just there because like she was like a, essentially a friend of a friend like she just uh, she, she, they were friends like a bunch of Australians right and my friend Orla became friends with that bunch of Australians and Orla invited these girls to this open mic. M- m- I just like saw her in this bar and i was like fuck
2: <laughs> i, I <laughs> was she resident in the country at the time or she was, she a tourist was or? here
1: on a fellowship or a grant or something so she was studying in trinity at the time
2: a fellowship what's that is she a fellowship the lord is just, of the rings
1: yeah exactly um <laughs> she came uh because she wanted to give me a ring um, i pointed <laughs> at my wedding ring for anyone who's interested <laughs> but no so, so like she was she had first been in scotland uh, she was in the University of Edinburgh, and she didn't l- And I think she just wanted a change, and she came over here, right? Um, and what was she studying? She was studying Irish poetry.
2: You stop your joke. Are you, are you serious? She's she
1: has her PhD in well, her as in the as in the, the focus of her dissertation was on uh, 18th and 19th century laboring class British and Irish female poets. Jesus, wow! So fucking hell, that's hardcore stuff. That is, yeah, she knows a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I
2: know nothing about any of them. So <laughs> yeah. she'll sometimes... It, she knows more about Ireland than we do, obviously. Oh, God, yeah. yeah.
1: like <laughs> She'll start to talk about the things and she'll just assume I'll know. And I'm like, all we learned in school was... 1916. Like, that's yeah. all we ever learned yeah. in... Uh, up the rise, basically, all we yeah. learned in school. That's it. I say, like, Michael Collins. That's all I know about Irish history.
2: So, you meet up here... Well, you meet here when she's when she's uh, studying. You start going out. And how... Did, like, what's the next step? Is there pressure because she has to go back when her visa ends and all that kind of stuff? Or how did all that romance work its way out? Yeah, no.
1: I think it just makes everything, like, a, a million percent faster. I, I say, like, everything is... So, I say, like, I invited her... To a family wed- wedding, I think it was when we were together for like maybe two months after we first went out, which is really fast. We, and yeah. I think she was kind of like, "Well, you know what? I'm in Ireland, you know." Like I think, I think if it had been a normal thing, then she, we that probably wouldn't have happened, and things probably wouldn't have happened as fast. But be- because we knew, okay, she's gonna leave the country at some stage, yeah, yeah. I think we kind of had to make some choices faster and i think you know like if we hadn't liked each other that much it would have you know like it would have been a thing where okay this is going to end we should just end and now sort of thing but i think just because we because we both liked each other so much i think it was like it, it was a good few months before she went as in i met her in december and she left in july so okay so and that was the end
2: of her study time
1: yeah so I think uh like in so maybe like April months. or May we'd already been like all right we're gonna stick this out
2: really yeah and you didn't know what way you're gonna stick it out or
1: no I, yeah I well,
2: it wasn't wasn't marriage. It wasn't engagement at that point. No, no, God, yet. Jesus Christ. yeah, that's, well, yeah.
1: <laughs> that's that'd be very well uh, for some people. It
2: works out. I mean, at that stage, we were pregnant, Aiden, So you know, <laughs> which is in terms of commitment, <laughs> yeah, yeah, is a step above marriage. A step above the ring. Yeah, <laughs> that's
1: I always say. Like in terms of like the amount you can uh, you can commit to do. Somebody, I think, like number one is a child. Number two is like a mortgage. Yeah. yeah number true. three is marriage, and number four is a pet. Right.
2: Wow. Okay. Yeah. So you started off at number three.
1: Yeah, and you went straight for number one. I, well, is. yeah,
2: I don't know why I went for it, but anyway. <laughs> but there you go. You, you looked into number one. Russian roulette, you know yourself. But um, so yeah, so seven months into the relationship, she has to go back, and uh, so you, you basically maintain a long-term relationship from then. Uh yes. I love love stories, by so, the way. Oh, yeah. We haven't had enough of these on the podcast. I love this gossip.
1: Uh, so, basically, uh, we knew she would come back the next summer, and we knew I would go over. But a thing I actually had to do, and it was really hard, was I had to put off going over to her as long as I could. Because I knew if I just, you know, like, went over to Albuquerque immediately, then there would be, like, a massive weight on the other end. So oh, I purposely okay. made a choice. I'm going to starve us of each other for as long <laughs> as I can. It's
2: like intermittent fasting, guys. It all comes back to it. <laughs> exactly. So
1: like, yeah. I seen, um I went over to her in January of the next year. I think so she left in July, and you waited till January. Oh, yeah,
2: I, I suppose the Skype and all that stuff it helps, but
1: oh yeah. I said like, what I, but uh, I said like, she was seven hours behind in terms of oh, of, of Jesus. The time as well. Yeah. So i saying that, like, i saying, we would always chat, and you know, like, what was the evening for me, and like the morning for her. So, so like, so like, sometimes we would watch like films to, you know, like over Christmas we watch a lot of films to get together, you know. So like, um, we 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 um, we would always try and hit play at the same time oh, and, that's and watch cute. the things. And you
2: didn't know about screen share at that point, did you? No, <laughs> but also the big problem there
1: was that that, that it was like. Maybe 10 or 11 a.m. in the morning for her. It's like evening time for us. Eating popcorn at 10 a.m. And she's watching the most bizarre films (laughs) at like 10 a.m. And I was like, that's a lot of work from her.
2: Yeah, fair play to her. That's commitment, all right. Yeah. So how long is it then until you get to the point of... So did she ever come over for for a longer period? So she spent every summer here. She's
1: essentially been here every summer. And she always would leave just as I was going to the Edinburgh ah. fringe show, so so like these, so the uh, when she first went away, that that's when I went and did my first Edinburgh fringe, right? Which was a super weird thing because the whole end of the show was about me me meeting her. Ah. so uh, so how long ago was that? Uh that was four years ago. Was my okay. first Edinburgh Shit. fringe show? It's like four and a half or four and three quarters years since. Wow. Since we first
2: got together, because you only got married within the last year, didn't you?
1: Last December, yeah, December seventh, yeah, on Pearl Harbor Day. Pearl, Har- is that
2: because Har- oh, it was cheap or something? No, it? so
1: that <laughs> we would never forget. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was it was literally by child. we picked it, and then her mam ma- uh, she goes. You know that's Pearl Harbor
2: day, and we're like, nope. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you got married in New Mexico, in North Carolina, in North Carolina. Yes. Is that where the family live now, or
1: that's where she's from? So she was just, ah. she just happened to be doing her PhD in the University of New Mexico. Okay, right. Just by chance, because uh, she had done her masters in the University of Southern Illinois, and she had done. Uh, her bachelor's in ECU, so East Carolina, so she's just like being all over. She's like, she's
2: lived in a lot of places. That's very American, though, isn't it? They tend to move around a lot. Like, not in it. terms of
1: college because it's okay. really expensive. Yes, if you of leave course, st- yeah, yeah. But so if you stay in uh, in state for your college, it's way cheaper, right? But if you go out of uh, uh, out of state, that then there's like a bunch. Of, you know, like you know, so much time. Obviously, you know, if you have like some sort of a scholarship it's fine
2: but. yeah yeah of course yeah if you get a basketball scholarship or whatever yeah, and all whereas,
1: that whereas you know, like i think it just seems so odd here you know because like imagine me being like nope i'm going to college in Cavan. it's cheaper <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> going to, which is of course we have to say is where you're from yes so it's as far from Cavan that you've you've ended up with a with a, an american wife a u.s wife and uh, so what was it like growing up and where about whereabouts in Cavan are you from uh, so I'm originally
1: from Fermanagh, from actually. But, oh. but I moved to Cavan when I was four. My family my family who are from Cavan, but they, but my parents had lived in London and then moved up north. Right. Uh, and I was born up north, so I'm technically...
2: I have a theory that Fermanagh is the most beautiful county in Ireland. Is it? It's like it's up there, isn't it, surely? Yeah,
1: there's this weird um, sort of a back... Road, but between Cavan and from it's it's um it's a sort of place that that they call the Gap of Gladan. Okay. And the area is Gang Gavlin, I think. Okay. And genuinely, it's it's one of those stunning places. Stunning in the around
2: world. there. I was on. Is it Loch Derg? Was up there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a friend of a friend had a boat on Loch Derg, and you can just get off at different points of the lake, and there's little islands on the lake with the church, and and. Oh, pfft stunning yeah like absolutely stunning around there but you so you're you were born there moved down to Cavan. how would you express is Cavan much different to fermanagh Cavan gets a lot of less like people who are who listen here in the uk and the us <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. it's like Cavan is kind of gets is the butt of a few jokes isn't it in ireland
1: yeah it's <laughs> as in i think that the big thing is just like there's a stronger accent. It's in a strong manner. accent. But like I was like I, I never knew that there was a stereotype about Calvin people being stingy until I of left. Course <laughs> yeah, of course, you I wouldn't. Yeah. I feel as if I now overcompensate t- t- for that stereotype. I like he's
2: turned up here with his bling and <laughs> uh, his bling and chain around his neck. And no,
1: I'll just go out and I'll buy rounds for everyone. Oh, <laughs> like,
2: Random people I'm in the yeah. Do you want a <laughs> pint.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly. I'm embarrassed losing my money, because I'm trying to be as sound as possible. Right. <laughs>
2: Um, but, yeah, so, uh, growing up, so, yeah, Cavan, there's a stereotype of Cavan people being stingy with their money in the offensive stereotype of Jews. You're, you're the Jews of Ireland, I suppose. They could yeah. Be said. <laughs> and I don't know why that is, because I don't, like, I don't know. I, I, I think it's just because we're an easy
1: target. Right. I okay. think... We are, and and then obviously something like Sean Quinn came along and just made that stereotype. Of worse. course, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, so yeah, uh, yeah he yeah. he's from the um he
2: he's from just beside me, Sean Quinn. So Sean Quinn of the famous Quinn Insurance and all of the that. Famous of the famous Quinn Insurance, the yeah, big, uh, yeah, big money. Sean
1: Quinn used to play poker in my house. Jesus, with your dad? Yeah, so like my dad would be like, a, you know, a sort of a like local small business owner, right? And then, so a few of them and, like, you know, like, a local guard and, and an accountant and that you to come over and play poker. And Sean Quinn used to come over and play with them as well. Jesus. From time to time. And... Uh, so like I were to come home like once or twice locked up my head and like met Sean Quinn and be like, How are you getting on,
2: Sean? And then just like going up to play and play I'll chat to you after. <laughs> and did you also there's a bit there's a bit of a cavern massive in Dublin and even in the comedians' world there's a few cavern heads. Yeah, it's weird Did you guys know each other beforehand or I was in, in school with
1: Davy Riley. Oh were you? I've known him since I was twelve.
2: Oh shit! Yeah, I, no wonder you're always walking up to football together. It's well, I was like, bring him to football as
1: well. <laughs> but yeah, no, like I was in. Uh, I didn't know
2: that. Fucking yeah. Hell.
1: So, uh, so I'd, I, didn't get to know Kevin McGarron until I was in my. Is he a bit older than you guys? Yeah, but he he also is from like he's from the far end of the cabin. Right. Okay. Like he's okay. like he's from very actually quite far away from being uh, back at home. So like I wouldn't have ever really met him
2: beforehand, but like. Me and Riley are tight. Yeah, yeah, and so, uh, yeah, that's that's mad. So, did you know when you were in secondary school that you guys wanted to be stand-up comedians? Or God, or? no, like no as idea. in as in as in. And like, were you friends in, in secondary school as well?
1: Yeah, we were friendly more than good friends. Yeah. you know, like I kind of said that that I never really had like a core group of friends when I was in secondary school. I kind of right. floated in between yeah. all of them. Uh, I did never feel like I really found. You know, like I suppose, like my group of people, um, and then when I was in college, I became much better friends with him. So I was there for his first ever stand-up show. Oh, right, and that was
2: in—he did that in college. Yes, is this UCD as well? So he was
1: in UCD. I was right. in, in DCU. All right, but, but so I was at his first ever stand-up show, and then he gave me my first ever gig.
2: Oh, when he started
1: doing the cellar, or when he—No, started- no, no. no. Right. He ran a club in what was then the uh, Twisted. Uh, the um, Twisted Pepper? Yeah, Twisted Pepper.
2: Well, what year was that? Because I used to work there and I remember there being stand up. It on was the... 2010. Okay, so it's just before I worked His there. His club right? was
1: called Chairman Lamau's. What? What does that mean? As in chairman. Oh, cha- no, oh, yeah. oh right. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Right. And the poster <laughs> was a picture of him with all of the names of the acts. Right wow. I still think I have a copy of the poster because, you know, I was like so pumped. Though. Good I, man, Davey. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. So you started to stand up around then to 2010.
1: 2010. I, I was, I I actually thought earlier, I was like, when did that actually start? stand Because I didn't fully know when I started and I looked and I'm like, that's depressing. Been doing this for nine
2: years. Have you fucking hell? And when you so when like because obviously you've talked a lot about it in your show that I got to see in Edinburgh when you start to stand up and something you talked about struggling in life having a stammer is that a huge massive thing in your head that holy fuck how the fuck am I going to be a stand up comedian or were you just like fuck it that's just the way it is and like crack on anyway? Uh
1: the second one because as in. Saying- I never stammered as much when I was like on stage, you know. Like, yeah. So like I did like plays in school and I didn't. Right. Okay. And I didn't like you know stammering them or anything. And then I'd like I stopped sort of being in plays and things when my stammer got real bad. And then it was just um, I kind of talked about it in my other show how like me doing stand up kind of came from my stammer was bad in college, but but I was kind of also going through like quite like a rough. Time in college And I was like Around a lot of Not great people But they used to always say hey, You're not funny You know like I'd stammer mm-hmm. trying to, to Like you know, say a joke or something And they'd always say You're not funny And I was always kind of like And it's because
2: of your stammer
1: You know like they, But like you know They didn't say that But that was a, That was that the implication
2: So yeah like it was And that was unrelated to you Doing stand up comedy Oh yeah exactly so, so you were just trying to have a laugh In was a just, bunch of mates And it, they're just saying You're not funny Exactly mm.
1: And I'm and and I was saying, you know like I would sometimes even like see people like laugh at the thing but then stop themselves because you know like it became like quite like a bad and I say that like it was a it was a it was a rough situation all uh, all our all our own but um but then when I came, I sort of came out on the other side of it I just kind of wanted to, like. I wanted to prove people wrong. I was kind of like, no, like, I know I'm funny. I, you know, it's yeah. just people don't get to hear it. Yeah. Uh, and then I did stand-up, and I proved nobody wrong
2: for a long time. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's the same for all of us, isn't it? I think it's Louis C.K. who talked about, like, um, you know, everybody, everybody thinks you're funny when you're not a stand-up. And then when you become a stand-up, they think... Then they go, you're not fucking funny, and then and then they hate you because like if you were a mechanic and you told a joke, there's no expectation yeah, of a mechanic yeah, being yeah. funny. But if you're a shit stand-up, they really start to hate you because you're not good at your job. Yeah, <laughs>
1: which is like, the, the, as in, you know, like you seem like somebody who was who was probably quite good at the start. You probably started off better than most of us.
2: Start off, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, I like I, I'll never forget my first gig ever. I, I've never sweated as much in my life. <laughs> Um, And I got one laugh Out of the fact That I made a joke Of myself Dying in my arse Up there But i don't know i don't think i i don't think i uh no uh you can uh, tell you what if you get uh, what's her second name hillary repko if anyone wants to contact her on social media and ask her what my first stand stand-up oh show was like because she was actually an american girl who i was uh, friends with in london who i invited to come and see me do my first ever open mic and the reason i brought her is because she is the most positive person i know <laughs> and the nicest person i know and uh, I got up there, died on my ass, like hard for five minutes. And I never, I remember the sweat. That was the thing that really hit me was <laughs> like, I was dripping and I was only up there for five minutes and my back, I remember feeling beads of sweat going down my oh back my God. and uh, sitting down and going, I said to her, wow, that was amazing. As in, it was so amazing how difficult that was and yeah. how in shock I was. And she she still put her hand on my back. She went, well done, that was so good. <laughs> So, uh, no, it, it took me a while. And because I'd done a bit of acting before in life, I kind of, I think I just went up and started acting, and that doesn't work. See, the I funny. smashed my first
1: show. Yeah. Absolutely destroyed. Because the entire, like, half of the crowd, because I used to be a very shame. I really had to tr- stop myself. I used to be a shameless person. I, I used to be... A, Just an example of how shameless I used to be. I once got contacted by this man on 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 who saw that I was a stand-up who had a stammer who who was a screen who who was a screen a screen writer. Okay. Now I was a stand-up, but barely. (laughs) Uh, I I obviously had a stammer and screenwriter I'd written a lot of scripts I'd never written a second draft of a script I'd never written anything (laughs) good this was just before I'd done a masters in screenwriting so I didn't really have a clue Right. and he contacted me and he was like here man I want you to write this script about a guy who's a stammer who wants to be a stand up and I'm like cool he sent me on a treatment I'm like cool work off that treatment he had a short it was based on sent me on the short he told me he said it was going to be... They were going to get a million pounds from the, from the British Film Institute. And the film was going to star Rupert Grint.
2: Right. So I told... So how did this guy get in contact with you? On Twitter. On Twitter. So he says, you've got to star him, you're a screenwriter.
1: I wrote him some samples as well.
2: Okay, okay I wrote him okay. and sent him
1: on some samples. Uh, and the sample scenes were Okay. But I then told everyone I knew, yeah, everyone I ever wanted to impress, I'm writing a film for Rupert Grant. And I, it was over summer and I wrote the script and I sent it off and he kept on and he kept on you know being like, I'll send you on the contract ASAP, I'll send you on the contract. ASAP. <laughs> and then I think as soon as I I slowly started to like you know, realize this guy's full of shit. Ouch. And he realized it at the same time. He was like, "Oh, I," because he just like done a course and like film production. Sh- and he thought, "Oh, he thought he had all the." All he the yeah. Through. So so those in. I think he honestly was figuring it out as I was figuring it out. So I kind of felt bad for him as well because I was like, it's, "He he's <laughs> in the same boat as me here." Yeah. And then so I told everyone, and then in phone through. So like I used to be the kind of person who, if there was something remotely good about to happen, I would tell everyone. So of course, when I was doing my first gig, I invited everyone. Right. <laughs> Pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that there was a Facebook event and I just invited everyone I knew. And Shit, they all came. that's ballsy, man.
2: No, it's stupid. <laughs> you should go and but do you your need...
1: first gig where nobody knows you at all.
2: Yeah, well, that's, I did that for six months. Before. Yeah. I, I I was doing open mics for six months on my own in London and didn't tell anybody I was doing it. That's so smart. Well, Yeah, well, I was just a bit older and I knew... Yeah. Also, I, I think when you're older, you know, like... Um, I think so, in some ways, it's harder to start when you're older because... Uh, because the shameless thing isn't impossible it's like if, if you're shame part of the you know the, the youth thing you know you're you're young and you're stupid and you don't give a fuck and i do look back at some of the stuff i've done in the past like being in a band and stuff like that and i kind of go jesus christ how did i start a band i couldn't even plug in the guitar yeah. the start, you know? <laughs> but um but that was just being young and just yeah. going, fuck it. i'm gonna do it but now but with the stand-up the, yeah i wouldn't say it's being smart it's just being older and you're honest how long with yourself have
1: you been have you been in stand-up for
2: in stand up, it'll be uh, it'll be four years in uh, February twenty nineteen. So three and a half at the moment. I think that's a very twenty twenty. Sorry,
1: I in to I in the fact that you have a show as strong as you have three and a half years. I think like it took me. I did my first fringe show when I was in my fifth year of stand up. Right. Like, it took me a long time. And I'd even, like, subconsciously been writing that show for years as yeah, well. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, is it... No, actually, it was my sixth year that I stand up But it took me that long to, like, get to the point where I actually even thought I could write this show. Yeah. So, like, that's as in...
2: That's... Int- as
1: far as how, I can h- see, h-
2: how old were you when you were doing that? Though you see, that's the, those things do count. I think people a lot of a lot of com- comics look at me and go, oh, "You're only doing three and a half years, and you've done X, Y, and Z." But like, I'm I'm hitting mid thirties now, yeah. And I've also been writing. I consider it all the part. Of, I've been writing songs since I was nineteen. Yeah, 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 I yeah, think yeah. It counts, man. You know, I think I've been, you know, I've worked out how to get a feeling out onto the page and how to express yeah. it. Yeah, and, and then acting came along for a couple of years and mid, and you know, you start to to figure out bits and pieces. Um, yeah. So I think it all. Well, I wasn't doing stand up. I think those things definitely contribute. You know.
1: Yeah, I'm I like I do think that it is a good help to be like from some form of a, I suppose a performing background, which which I think like
2: also like playing in a band is a form totally of performance that was as that well. was that was the hard like. I don't see I would see more of what I did in the band on stage and stand up yeah. than what I did than than anything to do with acting. I don't see any acting in, in, in the work that I do. Yeah. Now. Yeah, yeah. But the, the band thing was really about like, you know, if I remember we did our first gig in N C A D, um uh wasn't even I think it was just a, a student night and there was nobody there yeah and there's people and so we were on a stage as if we were playing a big fucking room full of people <laughs> and there was no one there and there was people sitting on a wall at the other end of the room drinking cans and you just had to rock up and pretend you were the coolest fucking thing yeah in the world. you couldn't get up there and uh go oh there's no one here blah blah you had to and especially being the front man you just had to fucking pretend I just had to pretend I was Liam Gallagher and <laughs> and just rock it out and we had some good tunes and and uh we did start to play we got to play some better shows and all that kind of stuff but you figure out in those times uh how to crack on with something even though it is kind of mortifying What kind of band it was like standard four piece indie rock okay cool, kind cool. of cool. there is a there is a clip of us on oh. wheeling somewhere um, I, I think Math Brothwood has it. It's like we yeah, have. I think we split in thousand nine so ten years ago. Oh now. wow! Yeah. R.I.P. Yeah. R.I.P. <laughs> you should get the, a ten get year the back anniversary show. I'd watch it. It would be that hard because we're all family. So it's. uh Oh well. Yeah. My, my brother was the drummer. Uh, my cousin uh, Ray was the bass. He went on and started his own band after that. And Rob was the lead guitarist, and he was definitely the the is uh, certainly music talent-wise. He oh, went, okay, he went yeah. on to do, study music in Trinity oh, College. Nice. and He actually now, he's in charge of uh, some, he works in London for a company that bring orchestras around the world. Like, oh, wow. Yeah, and he does the sound and all like, <laughs> <for> that <them, like, laughs> great. As you do, you know. Um, so, but anyway, yeah, but, like, I think that stuff does all count towards the stand-up. Yeah. So how old were you when you started writing your first hour or when you first started doing stand-up? Uh, so I was
1: 21. I was, just young. turned 21 when I did it, and re- I seen. I seen. So I um. I actually. I think it was like. Leanne Bergen, who. Oh yeah. Uh, who you know well? She was. She told me at the fringe that she watched back an old video of me on and it was like for me, and it was in my first year of. St- it was me... No, sorry. It was me when I did the Chortle Student Comedy Awards. Oh, you did that, did you? Well, I... I was in a
2: semi-final. Oh wow, my god. it's a big deal, man. Oh, it's not. Oh, oh. Oh, oh it's not. <laughs> no, no, no.
1: Just let me, so in the first one me we'll
2: about Chortle to everybody who doesn't know Chortle is like the big UK uh, industry online magazine, I suppose you could call yeah. it, but it's a comedy uh, website. So if you get a review from Chortle, it could make or break you in some ways. And um, but they do a student uh, a student comedy competition all the time.
1: So they didn't have a heat here so me and didi went over to manchester to do a heat wow to to do a heat and um we went over and uh we did okay i said i didn't love my performance in it it was grand and um and nobody was that nice to us over there like all of the comics that they just weren't that nice it was kind of like a weird so we didn't uh, we didn't get through we thought our grant flew home then there was like a, a people's choice thing where, where people could vote for, for you to, to go into the, the semi-final audience members voted on, no just as in like so as in uh, you could just go on uh, you, could just, uh, you so you could just go online and look at all of the, the uh, at all of the clips, and okay, and you and can or, vote on who you want yeah, to go to So, semif- probably ah. all of my you know, all of my, you know, like I probably <laughs> posted it on Maybe I've been like, please go vote for me in this, and people probably went right? Fuck it, you know, because I think a lot of time people are like, oh, why would I do that? But you know, it could have been the thing, something like that that. And so, I was in the semi final, and so, so it was like the biggest gig in my head. I'm like, this is the biggest gig I've ever done in my life. So I was super pumped. So I spent the week before working on my speech. I was like, I don't want to stammer badly in this at all. I want my speech to be quite good. And I didn't really talk that much about my stammer in my act. It was only like the first like three minutes of my act was about stammering. And that then I would, uh, I think I went out, I think I had some jokes about like romantic comedies and the things. Uh-huh. And um, and so my friend flew up, my friend from home, I've known my whole, well, since I was like four Flew over with
2: me. Wow! so you got good friends. Well, well, you've had some assholes as well. Yes. And, oh no, in just, university. Yeah. And
1: so he flew over with me, 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 and two things came together. So just before I went up and st- uh, on stage, uh, a woman in the crowd took some. Um, what's that horse tranquilizer called? What's it called? I is the it, drug? It, I, I know it's horse tranquilizer. It's not. MB, is it? It's, um, I, I, I ketamine kind of, ketamine yeah. it is ketamine yeah. so a woman in the crowd took that ad and had to be like essentially pulled out I didn't know because I was like side stage but everyone in the crowd saw so I was brought up just as like I think oh, she's was being brought like out yeah fuck there's and nothing I, worse and I had no idea because like it wasn't like there was a big like ruckus but like there was enough of a scene that people weren't paying attention to me and I go up and I start talking about having a stammer but I have worked so hard in my speech I'm so focused on not stammering that I don't stammer at all so I just look a little like some dickhead who's going up there making <laughs> fun pretending out of that stammers. you have a stammer. <laughs> and so like that's why you know like I say like I've kind of like leaned into stammering a bit in my acting. I'm kind of like if I stammer a lot, I don't mind. So like I've taken out you know like I don't really work on my speech to try and like speak fluently on stage because I'm like that's not. What my act is, yeah. Uh, so, uh, but I went up and I didn't get a laugh until five minutes into my set, out of a seven-minute-long set. Ouch! And I came off stage. My mate had flown over with it. He had got the bus up from Cavan, met me at the airport, flown over with me, and then we just had to go out and get absolutely locked Smashed. afterwards. Yeah, because it, it was it was horrific.
2: There's nothing worse. I've invited. Uh, I got my first open spot. In a proper club when I was eight months into comedy and I was over the moon about it. It was a big deal. I was on the lineup with some of these other big comics and invited Inez at the time, who actually uh that's a funny story about that and that We didn't find out then that she was pregnant, but she actually was pregnant and we didn't know. But um <laughs> but anyway, she uh she came to the gig and it was like big room, you know, Banana Cabaret. Have you ever seen it? It's down in Ballam. It's a lovely big round room and uh, there's two levels and you've got uh, audience members on the ground and up here. And, you know, it's quite an impressive thing to look at. But the interesting thing is that the MC, I didn't know that, the MC doesn't work the room. The MC is the traditional MC. Oh, wow. So it's like, hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this evening. And blah, blah. Oh, my we are God. now going to have comedy from Please Give It Up for Stephen Mullen. You know, and so there's, there's no... Warming up the room At all you know Oh my god So I get this open spot And uh, they didn't laugh At my first joke Or it didn't go as well As I thought of And I'd made such a big deal t- I bought new clothes For this gig <laughs> I, You know all this shit Inej had come down She got off work early And oh everything god. come down Died on my hole And I was supposed to do 10 I think I did 6 I basically ran off the stage i never forget Jeff Innocent Who's a big He's a, bit of, he's a headliner Over there for years he said, it's all right, mate. They were cunts, when they? <laughs> he walked on and he went, hello, cunts. You know, and they all loved him straight away. But oh I was so God. afraid. Like, and then uh, Inez even said to me, rather than give me the hug, she was like, what was that? I was like, <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. But um, yeah, I went to the promoter and I was just apologetic. And I was like, it's all right. Don't fucking worry. But I was like, I was freaked. But um, yeah, it's, sometimes it's like when you make a big deal about these gigs. Yeah. They tend to just fucking... Which, know, which if I, you put too much into them in your in your heart oh really, exactly it's, I th- gonna, it's gonna die
1: <laughs> I think and I think I think that like for me it kind of goes back, back like I told everyone I was writing a film for Ron Weasley <laughs> and never gonna be true so now I don't I literally don't celebrate anything I, I will not bank on anything until it's over yeah or until it's like settled you know so yeah. as in as in you know like last year was my first year playing a tent in the Ivy Gardens right and so you did the you, main stage didn't you i did yeah. the, you know i did, did a thousand city no big segment. deal but but the same like i just literally treated that like a normal show yeah i literally just did my normal private rep i wrote down yeah. my jokes beforehand i ran through them once I, just, I i had a child with people but i acted like it was a normal game yeah. because if i had a big that up in my, my head that that just makes me overthink it. Yeah, you know, like I just start to they think, oh my god, like there's a lot of people. You know, like as soon as you start overthinking it, yeah, I say like that's not what makes your set normally good. Yeah, yeah, I feel as if you kind of have to stick with the same flow that makes you your normal set yeah, strong. Yeah.
2: yeah. Because you're building up too much. It's like you're building up too much expectation of yourself. And then it's like the audience can feel it. Or And if you walk on going, oh my God, this is the most amazing thing ever. You yeah. just, nobody wants it. <laughs> I say it makes you seem so much more cool
1: if you just walk out. And, and you're don't give like, a shit. And act as if this is your normal. Because yeah. like that makes, because like I feel as if like, I, and, like, I don't think that there's something wrong with, you know, like, if you know, somebody going, like, oh, my God, I'm so excited to be here, blah, yeah. blah, blah. But but I think if you go out and you act as if you belong, the crowd will just believe it. Yes, of course. You yeah. know, the, they don't know. yeah They
2: don't know it was your first gig there doing that or whatever. Exactly. Like that. They're
1: yeah. just, they just think, oh, this is somebody who normally does this thing. And it'll make them, you know, like, if they feel as if, okay, this is
2: normal, they're more likely to laugh if you feel as well. Does, with that energy Absolutely And does uh, By the way You've got Some of your shows How many shows Have you written now Three or four Is it uh, Jesus I have written th-
1: th- uh, Three And a half We'll say Three,
2: and a, half, three right. and a half. I think it was your one From last year That I love the name of Stutter Island. Stutter Island. Yeah,
1: my first one was called five hundred. Uh, five hundred oh, of stammer. <laughs> this title, Eternal Sunshine of the Stammering Man, is the weakest title so far. <laughs> I already have <laughs> the brilliant. I already have my next show it's a title. It was given to me by a George football box. He said it as a joke, and I was like,
2: "That's the name of my show. That's the name of my show." Can you say it? No, no. Oh, um, uh, yeah, I guess I can. It's called. No, I don't mean can you physically say it. That sounded bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the show
1: is called, I know, Um. I know, uh, she's made by can physically say <laughs> You've jinxed me now. <laughs> <clears throat> I know, I know what you did last stammer.
2: Yay. Very good.
1: It's, 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 I in, I will say that anyone who's thinking to bringing a show to the Edinburgh Fringe who has no r- ready, if you aren't a big a big name act or an actor with a pull already, r- go with a strong title. Yeah, go okay. with a good pun. Build. Think of what the show is about, about and, then bin a, and then build a pun off it.
2: Build a pun off what your show is about. Because
1: okay. as as in like yours was a strong one because it's what the show is about, yeah. about. but it's also a recognizable
2: a song. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, yeah. It just rolls off the tongue because actually, in a lot of ways, it's too "son of a preacher man" is too long. But it just because everyone goes, everyone straight away sings a song in their head. Exactly. It's like yeah, 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 Exactly. And then like even like you can have fun like
1: flying for that. that, that you you know, yeah. As in. I think a thing I think uh, which I always say uh, you know I, I'm like oh it's kind of like the film except for me just stammering for an hour and because the title has drawn people in you can then play off that when
2: you're trying to get yeah, people yeah. in of course of course Flying. I miss it sometimes flyering but I, again I think I've explained to people enough times but for Edinburgh Excuse me, the name of the game is to get people into your show and you have to do it by flyering, handing out flyers and trying to have something catchy, a catchy photo, a catchy title or whatever and some catchy catchphrase to get punters in and it's tough. Does that does that add in, to, is flyering tough for you having a stammer as well or is it uh. something you don't think about at all or... I get more heckles about my st- about
1: my stammer whilst I'm flying. People will constantly what? say, "I will, fl- I will, I will, you know, like fl- uh, I will fly." I die or somebody, and they'll, you know, and they will say things like, "But, but, but you don't have a st-dammer. And I'm just like, "Of course, I-. like I'm not just here <laughs> over being like, here's an incredibly offensive show." No, like I'm not. But, but I think that. Stammering is, like, the kind of disability. And, like, I think that this is, like, a lot with disabilities. If people can't see it, they don't really believe it.
2: Yeah, yeah. You know, so I'm just like... Oh, that was something, <laughs> a very interesting point that you made in the show. That, like, even talking about it as a disability, like, I was like, I'm sitting there completely ignorant to the fact that it is a disability. You know? It kind of not- is, an, it, as in, like, I kind of just
1: talked... I was just on uh, the BBC Disability podcast. Uh, it was recorded during the... French and we ca- and the star of the podcast kind of turned into a little bit of a top Trumps game of who's the least disabled. <laughs> uh, I don't I don't know if I was or I was not, but but it was just like a kind of a, like an interesting thing where, as in, I never thought I was the disabled. You know, yeah. like, I didn't like I didn't grow up, and I think that p- people kind of that were,
2: has a maybe a little bit of a negative oh it does like, labeling yeah. in your
1: head. I seen like now. I don't care. I yeah. in, like obviously when you're like younger, yeah. you're so obsessed with how other people see you. Like in school, I would have wanted nobody th- to like think I was the disabled. Even though like it's very normal being disabled, I wouldn't have wanted people to think it. Now I don't care. Yes, of course. So saying like it's legally, uh, as in like if I was like sacked from my job because you know like oh well he was stammering all the time, I could sue my job of course, for yeah, course yeah, yeah. Um, but as in. You know, like I'm not getting. You know, like I can't park in, uh, you know, parking a disabled car parking space. You know, like it's you know, so that's li-
2: bullshit. You want to start standing up for yourself? In <laughs> oh yeah, that's that's I'd save so much time. <laughs> and uh,
1: like, and then you know, as in like, they're just like, oh well, you know, like they come over trying to argue with me. Just like, oh mate, that's for disabled people. And I'd start stammering at them, and they'd be like, I don't
2: know if this is a disability. We're unsure. Yeah um right okay yeah but i was totally ignorant in the show kind of looking at it like that and realizing that it is a um a disability and uh yeah it's and, and so growing up it was difficult in school the kids don't make fun of you about that do they or do they oh they do of, of course you know
1: i was kind of it's kind of odd that i felt as if in my first year of secondary school which is when my stammer got uh, like sort of like real Bad. Uh, I had a cousin who was five years old than me. So when I was in first year, he was in fifth year yeah. of secondary school and he was like a big guy and he'd like friends who were kinda of tough enough as well. So they were actually like watching out for me. I didn't know at the time, but they were like watching oh, out right. for me. Okay. And then as I went on, like nobody ever like occasionally people would say the things, but it was never I think I got away with it because I was good at like football and things. I genuinely think it would have been worse if I hadn't been like if like, Quiet,
2: I, quiet and kept yourself. Or yeah, like
1: that, or yeah. or 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 like you know, say I showed like more of the, the of the uh, of the you know like I suppose the like nerdier side yeah, of myself in yeah. secondary, which I didn't. Re- I said like back in secondary you know, I was like boot jeans, brown shoes, yeah, yeah, listen to course. dance, all that I said like I yeah, would you yeah. know I said. And like, which was the contrast, because Davy Riley knew who he was back then. <laughs> he was. I used to. I used to bully him in school. Me, like, you're a wee emo. Like that was my really? like, insult okay. for, for him. But, but it's, it was just like somebody who had kind of figured out who they were early, and like my summer really, they, you know, like it really, really pulled me back in myself. It made me really have to, because you know I feel as if really? I, I feel as if I've had to work harder for a lot, lot of the things which I, you know. I, I, you know like a lot of the things which I do do as well like I've always said that if I didn't have a stammer I'd be an asshole <laughs> like I've no doubt in my mind that, that I would probably be just an arrogant wanker if I didn't have a stammer but it's really just like pulled me back
2: you said but you said at one point earlier on that it got worse the older you got well no
1: it was just when I was 12 or 13 it just got i literally woke up and suddenly i couldn't talk like it literally like changed over night so it was i said i had it when i was in primary school i didn't really know i had it people you know like i was told i had i was going to speech therapy but i would never know if i stammered because it was be it was so fast and i talked so fast it was just over really quickly and like you know like i don't i i i kind of had like all of these you know like ways of, of you know like trying to trying to you know help like yeah you know, like i had a dictaphone back then where i would like record myself talking and i would right. listen back, 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 back um, and things like that, 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 that but i then literally woke up one day when i was i think i was 13 and i literally lost all way speak like i couldn't so it's in i said i'd say if for maybe two years after dar, 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 and for some reason I could always talk better earlier in the day so on the bus into school you couldn't show me up and as the day would go on my stammer would get worse and worse and then you know like I'd be in class trying to like read out
2: answers and stuff or like read out from a book And oh that's the, the worst thing ever isn't it fucking having to read out in class I think they do it differently now they ask if people want to read out don't they because everyone has their own little thing here and there that they just fucking yeah yeah, you had. Yeah, I remember now that you're you're saying that the, there was a poignant moment in your show from this year's Edinburgh Fringe that was just like absolutely heartbreaking of you having to read out in class, wasn't it? Yeah, that's um,
1: and and so I was talking with um, I was in in um, I was in New York last year, I think, and I was chatting with a guy who used to work for my father, and he was just like asked me about like you know and he said that I used to have a rabid a really bad stammer as well. I'm like, "Really?" And he's like, "Yeah." And he said I had um it was so b- b- bad bad and he'd one teacher in in um in school who used to make him read every day. And it got so bad he went to his doctor, got a note of his doctor saying, Jesus. "Please don't make him read." And she tore up that note when he brought it in and he quit school Fucking because hell. she would not stop making him r- read. R- 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 Uh, like um, making him uh, making him and like I do do think it's easier to be a kid in school because I think that that they do take care of you if there's like something wrong with you in some way a lot more but back to that as in like my principal in primary school there was a guy in my class sorry in my brother's class who's two years ahead of me who had a uh, he had a he had a a a St- uh, 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 stammer as well, as well, and the principal tried to get another student to mock his stammer in class.
2: What the fuck is the point of that? Like, because
1: yes. he hated him, and he tried to get he's he he didn't want to be the one who mocked him, but he tried to get another student to
2: impersonate his stammer. Jesus Christ! I remember, like, I remember the only lad I ever met with a stammer. I was in his class in second year. Of uh, CBS. Uh, you know who I'm talking about. From Carrick Tool. He was a legend. I'm not going to say his name. In case this is what to be. But uh, he was a. He was a brilliant. Brilliant. One of the. Uh, a few of the lads from Carrick Tool Were just brilliant at all sports. He was brilliant at football. And he was brilliant at hurling. And um, I'll never forget. We were in science one day. And the teacher wasn't an asshole. To be fair. But he was the hurling coach. And. My mate was trying to tell him why he couldn't make training the next day in hurling because he hadn't. He need his mom said he needs to improve on his results, and uh, so he's explaining in the front of the whole class oh as God. to why he won't be there for training. It's taking him a while to say it. And then the teacher goes, Sorry Barry, say that again there. I wasn't listening. <laughs> <laughs> like, I remember fucking going, Jesus Christ, he won't be a training tomorrow, <laughs> like fucking like uh you could see he was stressing him out having to say it in front of everyone, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. But yeah, it's fucking school must be horrendous. And so that guy in New York said that he that he got he lost the stammer eventually. Yeah. Right? I, but, you know, Does like, he know what he attributes it to?
1: No, I think it's like a fairly common thing that like a lot of p- people just like as they as they grow older, right? They just kind of lose it. As in, you know, like you know, like one percent of the you know. Like, I think that like more people have like some form of speech impediment at some stage in their life. That right, they don't like really know off or like. You know, like, or that they don't really like knows a thing, and then like, so many people are scared of showing. Like, I was really scared for people. Like, everyone knew I just uh, uh, that I had a Stadammer, but I would hide it anyway. I could, like, I just like wouldn't wouldn't talk to my friend. I used to always, pre- I used to seem really dumb. Like, people used to think I was really d- dumb because I would pretend. So. It- like i would be i would be speaking amidst ends i'd be like i'm not gonna be able to say that, that. so i would pretend and like like so you're noun. thinking three steps ahead all the oh, time like and any like noun, i'm like i can't well i can't change that word because it's like a person's name or something yeah so i would be able you know it was like oh i saw and i'd be like oh what's his name and i'd be like my dad or something you know like but i'm just like well i can't say dad so I'd be like, <laughs> oh i saw him oh who is he again it's like your father i'm like yeah 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 and like so I just seem like a moron. Is this
2: is it certain words that that slip up or is it certain consonants that slip up uh,
1: now it's random Rand- which is okay. exciting. Oh yeah, you don't know you, what's going to come yeah, next. Yeah, exactly, which yeah. is but you know like it's kind of random but but also like it's weird that, that in like stand up I built up mental blocks. I almost know where we're going to stammer. You know, I think like sometimes I like st- I like st- I remember once on like some joke. Yeah. And then I'll get a little bit in my head about that and I'll continue to stammer on that bit again and again and the good thing with that in terms of stand up isn't that's now allowed me to morph it into other jokes right so 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 uh, so you know like I thought there was like a bit in the Edinburgh range where I was doing a bit about my Irish oral and anytime I was trying to speak out the role of the woman giving me the, the uh, giving exam. me the uh I would stammer every time, and I stammer become a thing. So then I would always just, uh, I would always just, you know, say, "Oh, in this, she's also played by somebody with a stammer." Right. You know, like I, like I would always be able to turn it into something else. So that's the kind of fun thing is that, that I find new jokes within a joke. Yeah, if I started stammer on somewhere, yeah. <laughs> but it's it's right, like it can come. It, it's
2: it's a horror film, like it can pop up the worst opportune moments. It's Well, you've got an amazing, um, your wife is an amazing partner in, in your business as a stand-up comedian as well, because like, as I was saying earlier on, in Edinburgh Fringe, she was out flyering, so we're very lucky with our agency that we, have a, we had an amazing team of flyers that were out there flyering for us, as we were for ourselves as well, but Kelly joined the team. And uh, I think she was the star flyer or so, they say. Anyway, did she win an award or anything? <laughs> <laughs> no, but, like, the
1: thing with Kelly is, like, she is, like, genuinely the funniest person she's I know. She's very funny. and she's Very like, funny. And I will openly, I will 100% cop to she's way funnier than me. Like, <laughs> what Kelly's incredible at, at is she's very good in conversation with people. Because she, first of all, she she, she like, makes people feel really good about, about themselves because she is not from Ireland. She will tell people if she thinks that there's something nice about them. No, she just will say it straight out. Yeah. yeah she yeah. like and like That's right. and like you see Irish people be like Jesus Christ. Oh, Jesus, oh, she's you coming not. on to me. Yeah. <laughs> and Irish people do not know how to take it out. But, yeah. but like she'll just be open and say things. So for first of all, she makes people feel good about themselves. Which which stand ups at the end for b- b- you're so stressed and you're so all yeah, yeah. you need that, that that that. But also, she's really funny as well. Yeah, she's very and very, very personable. So as in, like, just as in, I feel as if she's got all of the interpersonal skills I lack. <laughs> do you think she'd would she's tried that do you think she'd take up a microphone no, no she has no, no interest as, she, as in she doesn't have that deep dark thing inside of her I, I think that, that you know like, this need to like be a stand up I think it's something dark inside of us yeah and I think that that you know she's just like I don't need that I ass. don't need that yeah. She feels loved. I seen like I think that that she could, like I think that that she'd be like very good at like writing comedies as well. And obviously she would be a very good performer because she's a very physically funny person as well. But yeah. but uh, I just don't think she has that urge. Yeah. So I, I like I'm sure for people it's almost like
2: frustrating seeing how funny she is and me being like, but he's the one who does the comedy. <laughs> what? There's no justice in the world. Your show was brilliant, man. Your show was really I genuinely loved it. It was great and. uh uh, no it was absolutely fantastic so do you no, will you go have you connection? analyze the different genres and kind of go yeah, I, I think I'm a, going to fit within this well I just
0: tried hard to put a, like a square peg into a round hole for a while yeah. I'm just like well this is but the kind of comedy go, people like and respect and this is the comedy I like the okay. most Um, and I did it and then I, had, I, 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 I I got a certain level of success and certain level of ability in Chicago and then I just couldn't get better. And then like okay. all my friends and everyone was just getting way better than me. Right. And like, I was like, okay, well, I'm definitely worse than all my close group of friends.
2: And your close group of friends are all comics?
0: And are all comics. And I'm like, they're all better and they're do- all doing more interesting stuff. And they- it seems easier for them. And then I would just go up and try and do jokes. But then the second I could improvise or the second I could riff or do something weird then that's what I could do really well. Mm. And I was like, oh, that was fun. Or I could do, got a reaction. Mm. And then I would go back to being terrible and doing jokes and things that I hated and I didn't think were funny, but they got a certain tepid laughter and they seemed like the kind of things other people were doing. And then... And what
2: kind of stuff were other people that you're saying people doing really different stuff and... No, they were better. just doing like... Were they just doing stand-up or...?
0: Yeah, so like Michael Rice was over there, who we both know, who's, fantastic, who's my favourite comedian in the country. He's in this apartment somewhere. So That's the reason he you're saying that. that. You heard that, Mike? Yeah, you, you heard Gave that, Give you Mike. a bloody shout-out on the cast. Big Mike. Hello, Steve-O podcast, you fuck. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> you fucking you scum. There is
2: something funny. like... I, I've, I mean, I've said it to three of you on separate occasions mm. many times, total jealousy of that gang that you guys had when you started Riff Raff, for example. That I've missed out on a generation, oh, yeah. but but like but it's good like three, but it was Ushin at the time and yourself mm. and Michael all comics that I love, mm. Um and there's an energy about it and it's like complete commitment, complete like this is what you guys are doing kind of a thing and um, yeah, regardless maybe. of anything else that's going on, you know it's great. I,
0: I don't, I can't speak to that. I don't know, <laughs> I don't, uh, no. Or I've observed, my, I haven't looked at myself in that way, but that sounds. Not, I don't know. I hate talking. Uh, <laughs> I hate talking and feelings.
2: Uh, but uh, no, it's just, like it was just like a genuine energy of like fucking hell. These lads are mm. loving what they do, and they're mm. doing it because that's what they, they they love doing. And they're all because you're all very different I to each quit. other. So it was like it was like locked in. But if one of them had been
1: bad, I think I was super lucky in that both the shows went well. Will you do another show for write a brand new show for next year? Yes, yeah, that's the. Enough. So, like, I'll probably try two shows again next Are you going year to take year. this one out on the road? Yes. Uh, still finalizing the, uh, Good the stuff. Dead, 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 But um, what I'll actually be doing is, so I have my, uh, I have Eternal Sunshine of the Starring Mans in Waylands in November, but I am taking the paid show. So, Did I Stutter is the one that's been taken on tour. Oh, yes. Fantastic. Around Ireland. Because I've done versions of Did I Stutter in Dublin before okay so
2: you know i don't want to bring like an old show to yeah but wheels. bring it on the road yeah so bring it down to cork waterford exactly, and all that kind yeah. of crack. fantastic where do people follow you on the social media to follow up with your shows which i highly recommend they're amazing <laughs> uh so facebook just search for aiden green uh, i've got green a like is, page green with I'll an e green with an e it's a g-r-e-e-n-e uh, mm-hmm. i get in trouble for putting an e on my friend john green's page and he does not like it i'm on, on, sorry on his name when i send him texts He's from Halifax, and he's like, "Where you get the extra E
1: from?" Those English, thought? yeah, those English. Them, yeah. Did
2: you hear that, John? Those English. He keeps. He thinks it's a running joke, and I've never laughed it at it once, and I've never got pissed off at once. But he calls my daughter Liz when that's not her name, but as in Queen Elizabeth. He's like, oh. "How's Liz doing?" And I'm like, "That's." It's old. She's two now. Get over it. But anyway, Aiden Green with an E on the end. Yeah. I've got a like you've got a like page on Facebook yeah. and you're on On Instagram, Instagram. and
1: Twitter. Be better. It's at Greenscreen. Greenscreen. E, e at, at the red. end of the green. E at the end of the green. I always say I don't stammer in my tweets.
2: He doesn't <laughs> Only in the sheets. That's <laughs> the <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you so much. When do when do when do you think those? So you've got November. You've got Wheelands coming up. Yeah, and November thirteenth happen in, in uh, the autumn or in the new year. Probably in the new year. Okay. At this stage
1: still trying to finalize it, but assuming in the new
2: year. Fantastic. But like I'll be posting it All online. Just Absolutely, me follow, follow Aidan on all the social media. Thank you so much for doing it, man. Thanks very for having me. Bye.